0: Tom Perriello, candidate for governor in Virginia. And where are you at the moment? I'm in
1: Alexandria.
0: Okay. First off, uh, less than two weeks to go now. What's the final message you're trying to get out there to voters?
1: Well, it's really exciting two weeks, and I think we've caught fire because people are looking at what the next generation of the Democratic Party looks like. And I think we've been able to set... The tone here, both on resisting the hate and bigotry from Donald Trump, but we've also put out all of the major policy positions uh, in this campaign have come from our end. And I think people are looking for a positive vision as well as that resistance. So I think we've been able to show what uh, that next generation can look like. And that's caught fire all over the state.
0: As people who have decided they're voting in the Democratic primary try to make their final decision, what makes you different from Ralph Northam?
1: One thing is I think we made it very clear that we give Democrats the best chance to win in the fall. If you look at who we're winning votes from, it's the groups that don't normally show up in state elections. Young voters, communities of color, even rural voters uh, that have not been going the Democratic way. So we've clearly shown we can turn out that coalition that Democrats need not just to win the governor's race, uh, but to actually help bring a bunch of delegates along. And the second is I think people really want to know a positive vision. Uh, they want to know that we're going to stand up to Donald Trump. We set that tone from the day of our launch on January 5th. But we've also put out the most uh, aggressive platform on making community college free, raising the minimum wage to a living wage and paid medical leave, and we're the only candidate from either party that has actually shown how we're going to pay for every single thing we've proposed. And there's a lot of cynicism out there about politicians, and it's meant a lot to people across the political spectrum that we've been willing to show how we're going to accomplish and how we're going to pay for every single one of our proposals.
0: You mentioned President Trump again. Obviously, both you and Lieutenant Governor Northam oppose him. So why is that an issue in the primary right now, uh, as opposed to, you know, more obviously why it would be an issue in the general election?
1: Well, when I launched January 5th and said we were going to be a firewall against the hate and bigotry of the Trump administration, nobody else in the race, including Dr. Northam, was talking about Donald Trump. And many people said it wasn't a Virginia issue. And I considered that a very privileged perspective because it was incredibly local to communities across Virginia. And now you've seen others join in that frame, which is good. But I think what people are looking for is a leader. They're looking for someone who understands those challenges and trends before other people in the race get there and so a leader is about really setting that agenda in that tone and i think we've been able to do that in understanding that trump's election was not just another transfer of power from democrats to republicans this was a much deeper threat both to our constitutional uh, values uh, and also the dignity of many of our neighbors who are under attack so i think we've really been able to show a strong leadership in that regard, uh, but really just working with the movements out there that have risen up to uh, to help protect Virginia values and, and Virginia neighbors. So I think it's been important to have a governor who's going to uh, get that before others need to push him in that direction.
0: Is there an issue maybe not getting as much attention that you'd want to have an impact on if you were elected?
1: I think that one of the biggest challenges we have today economically is automation and technology changing uh, jobs and quite frankly disrupting and, and eliminating many jobs across the state. And I think a lot of workers already feel this and talk to me about both the threats of automation and monopoly in the economy. We're really the only candidate from either party in this race and far too few across the country who are really talking about the next generation of challenges. We still have a lot of old leaders who are just catching up to the problem of 20 years ago, which was globalization. Many of us have been talking about that challenge for a long time. But today it's really going to be technology and consolidation in the economy. So I think the reason we're doing well, not just with the Obama coalition of our own base, but also with many voters, third party voters and some conservatives, is that we're actually talking about these new challenges that they're experiencing in the workplace. It doesn't make for as good of a bumper sticker, but people really appreciate that we're acknowledging the problem and trying to uh, put solutions on the table, including the focus on apprenticeships uh, and trade school programs that I think can make a huge difference going forward.
0: Just to switch to transportation for a minute, uh, you guys in the debate uh, that aired over the weekend talked a little bit about tolls and things. Is there, you know, you called the transportation situation up here a national security threat. Is there some plan that you would have to address that, or or a way you would go about dealing with that?
1: Yeah, President Obama asked me to run the second quadrennial diplomacy and development review, which was a strategic uh, review of about a $50 billion federal agency, and we looked at issues including the transportation questions in Northern Virginia. Um, And we have both a management uh, and governance issue, but also a revenue issue and we are the only candidate in this race that's been willing to put both specific spending cuts and specific revenues on the table. And ultimately, for all the tricks we can try to pull, if we aren't willing to have leaders who will make tough decisions to invest in both education and transportation, we're gonna continue to see both our quality of life And our competitive advantage decline here in Northern Virginia. I live in Alexandria, and we can feel this every day where we go into work. Uh, So I think we need to certainly look at the investments in public transit, the investments in rail, uh, and other areas, Uh, but ultimately some of that's about leaders who are willing to tell people what they already know, which is uh, if you want to get those sorts of investments, we're going to have to do a combination of some cuts uh, and some revenue increases to get there. And no one else in the race has done that.
0: So would you support a dedicated tax for Metro?
1: Yeah, we think that's uh, one, there are several ways to get there, and for me, I'm a solve-for-x guy, Um, so we would support uh, a number of ways to get there that deal with both the regional governance questions as well as the revenue um, issues, but we've got to get it. Metro right now um, is in a very uh, tenuous place as ridership has dropped dramatically uh, with some of the safety concerns and other issues, and of course, once the ridership drops, the revenues drop, and that means there's less there to increase the quality. Uh, so this is a time we need to be uh, investing significantly in metro. There's no way for an area of our population, volume and density, um, to be able to manage uh, e- any sort of reasonable commute times uh, if we're not dealing with a, a very top-of-the-line public transportation system. That's not what we have right now. We need to deal with both the governance and the revenue side of that. And we're the only candidate from either campaign that's done that, from either party that's done that.
0: So we're two weeks away. Uh, are you... Going to win on Tuesday, June 13th?
1: It looks like it. It's really been shocking to people to see. You know, we pulled ahead in the Washington Post poll, and I think it was particularly exciting, as I said, to see that we're doing well with the kind of voters that don't normally engage in state elections, and that's been a huge problem for Democrats as we don't see the Obama coalition turn up and off off years. So... Not only does it look like the undecideds are coming our way and the momentum is our our direction, but we've put together a blueprint that's going to put the Democrats in a much stronger place to win in November. And I think we've done it with a grassroots campaign. Uh, We've done over 350 public events just in the last few months. We've encouraged everyone to Facebook Live them. We've done unfiltered access uh, to our critics uh, and our supporters. Um, and I think people are really looking for that kind of political approach today, not the same old campaigning. So we're really, really uh, excited that that uh, strategies worked and people have responded. Um, and it's really been true everywhere, not just in the blue counties up here where I live, but uh, in red counties where I used to represent in Congress down in Southside virginia so i think this is something that can help bridge some of those political and regional divides not by going more moderate or soft but actually by putting more exciting ideas on the table because for us this is really about what that next generation of solutions looks like that's going to make a difference here in virginia where we've gone from a cycle of opportunity to a cycle of debt and the average student loan payment is 35000 or a load is $35,000. We've got a plan to address student uh, debt to create those debt-free pathways into higher learning. And that ultimately is what most people care about, is whether Virginia is going to be that land of opportunity. And, and the response has been great.
0: Would those plans, though, be able to get through a general assembly and become more than just plans, but actually something that you know, happens?
1: Absolutely. I think one of the things we're showing with this campaign is you can create change even before you get to office on the issue of opposing these two fracked gas, uh, gas fracked pipelines, for example, that we oppose across the state, simply by elevating the issue and working with advocates from the communities, we've already changed the conversation about those pipelines. And I think we're doing the same thing on the issue of debt-free community college, because the fact of the matter is, these policies have just as much support in the reddest counties in Virginia as the bluest counties, because they're not my ideas, they're the people's ideas. I actually am rare in politics because I've spent more time as a, a peace negotiator in conflict zones than I have in the conflict zone of American politics. And one of the things you learn as a negotiator is to go out and listen first. So this focus on two years of free community college, trade school and apprenticeship program emerged because I was hearing the desire for it from communities of color in our cities and suburbs, but also from uh, very conservative communities in rural areas. And you connect those dots and say, this is something that actually unites people across regions um, and across political lines. So we're building an agenda that certainly speaks to a bold progressive need for rejuvenating opportunity in the American dream. And it's also one that I think can speak to a lot of rural voters who frankly think the Democratic Party doesn't care about them. Um, We've also spoken, though, about the issues of structural and overt racism in a way that I think we need more um, campaigns to do. We've talked about the glaring racial wealth gap here in Virginia, as well as the need for criminal justice reform and put a very strong uh, agenda on the table. And again, that's something a generation ago that people would have seen as um, unable to get support in the red counties. But the fact is, The conservative uh, areas that I'm from are having a very different conversation now about criminal justice reform and don't think it makes sense for us to have these ridiculous laws on the books and to be paying $300,000 per decade to incarcerate people for nonviolent offenses. So I think that the people of Virginia are much closer together than we think. The politicians are far apart, in part because of the huge ideological donors on the right. And the reason I know that, again, is because I've spent time in these areas. Uh, I've represented these areas in Congress and went out, you know, when I was in there and still voted for the Affordable Care Act and voted for the climate change bill and for stimulus, for Planned Parenthood funding and for the DREAM Act, and was still able to go home and outperform the Democratic Party by 12 points in those areas, because we showed up, we went bold, and people appreciated that. So I think that uh, there is a strong argument to be made uh, in the General Assembly and elsewhere for why uh, a Virginia of Opportunity that leaves no race or region behind is a good thing.